Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Scott. I'm Tom. We're keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. episode is brought to you by our patrons who we actually have one of them here tom is one of the suckers that gives us money every week every week month we charge you monthly i think i haven't figured out how to unsubscribe yet so <laughs> yeah is this your last hurrah you're like <laughs> we get on the show and then i'm gone done uh, one more and we'll go <laughs> If you want to join our Patreon and support this podcast, uh, if you enjoy what we do and want to support it, help cover our fees, things like that, we actually just withdrew a lot of our Patreon funds to pay all our hosting fees because uh, that just came up this week, like literally today. So um, we appreciate that. Uh, Patreon.com slash the effects loop. If you join at our $1 level, you do get our episodes early We with that unique code that Patreon gives you. At the $5 level, uh, you jump up to the don't want to call it the inter- the chat room level um where it is actually a private chat of the people that are there it influences the show we discuss a lot of gear tom gets angry and leaves voice notes it's it's a good group diaz has adopted the voice note though i i think a few of us have i, I think i drop a voice note once in a while now too it's good it's good um so with that tom do you got anything new since the last time we i think we it's been couple months since we've really talked to you any any cool like one big piece of gear that's either coming or has already come in your world so i finally as poking around on i've been googling ever since it's been announced the uh, rick beato signature uh les paul special double cut or whatever Mm -hmm. was actually finally able to go get a pre-order on one of those he had announced, uh, somebody posted on Reddit, he had announced the uh, release date of September 13th, 2022. So, um, haggled my uh, local dealer that got me uh, one of my Adam Jones guitars and, you know, sent him a text and they got back to me and hopefully we'll have one uh, in a month or two. Nice. Are they, uh, they're limiting those, limiting those, right? Like, is that, there, one's, is that, number? that one's up in the air. Okay. So, they're nineteen ninety nine, oh, which is not. It's not what I expected at all because they do have uh, some Murphy Lab versions of those, and and not that the the uh, auto one was you know ever claimed to be a Murphy Lab. Mm-hmm. Um, the signature guitar that he's actually his is based off of was a Guitar Center find that was you know between twelve hundred and two thousand dollars. I he did a video on it. Um, I mean, it's just a double cut, right? So it's the flat body with the stop tail bar tunematic. And humbuckers, right? Like, there's nothing. Uh, no, they're they're P90s. Other oh, P90s, although, yeah. But the version he has were P100s, and whenever he did his video on it, talking about it, mm-hmm. um, or his signature, he eh, maybe I misheard. It it sounded like he wasn't entirely sure what they decided to go with, um, and that was the first time I'd ever heard of P100s. But I'm assuming it's P90s or P100s. I would assume and, it's P100s. And it has a bound neck. Oh, nice. That's that's so, a nice feature for a double cut. Yeah, it's... And, you know, the Pelham Blue. I mean, that's just such an awesome color. I, I I understand that. 
Um, there's a little bit of Pelham Blue news of uh, last week. Another Pe- the other Pelham Blue equits went on the on the market, and uh, I, a bunch of people slipped into my DMs, being like, "Do you know anything about this? What are equits is like?" Because apparently, I'm now the most recent person to have one in their eyes. So that was kind of where a did fun that experience. pop up? Was that a uh, Reverb or it showed up on Reverb? It was a person's shop who, if you dug a little deeper, is somebody who's been in the kind of like the guitar Facebook communities for a while. Um, so the person I know who got it wound up getting a private deal for it. I don't think he has possession of it yet, so I don't want to. I don't want to spoil his surprise, but he's excited, and I'm I'm excited for him. Nice. Um, what pickups did you get in yours, by the way? Uh, Righteous Sound Ninjas, which are P90s. They are P90s, but they're silent P90s, the way like P100s are silent P90s. Okay, perfect. Because uh, going back to, I think it was actually last episode, or it was the last episode of the episode before, whenever you and Phil were talking, um, when you did your demo, that middle position, I just realized that uh, you know it's 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 a solid body versus you know semi hollow like yours, but that if I could get something close to that, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I mean. You know, the body of a, an electric guitar doesn't make that big of a difference. P90s more so than like a floating single coil, but um, the pickups are the most important thing. So as long as you're happy with the pickups, you know, and if you're not, I mean, the Righteous Sound stuff's awesome. I also have a set of Monty's laying around. I know Philip loves his, uh, I think they're Malfitanos that are in his Novo and he got something. What else? What was in that new guitar he just got? I can't keep up with him. Yeah, it's a new thing every week. So, for, for he's he had saved and saved and saved, and then um, just been on on a spree. I mean, he's rarely actually spending money, which is the funny part. Like, it's something's always leaving to allow that new stuff to come in. But, I mean, but not just that; he's moving up every time. He he's moving up in your perception. Okay. I mean, if you think about like his gear collection, uh, hi Philip, thanks for listening. Uh, his gear collection was a lot of Gibsons, and he's just been moving the Gibsons and going to boutique builds of similar pricing. But because in our mind, because he's when you go to a boutique build, the used market can just be brutal. Yeah. For your value, so he's getting great deals, and frankly, Gibsons for whatever reason, the, the they don't depreciate as much as like, you know, a Schecter does. Um, so you got like, he's, he's been able to move some special things and make that happen. Now he's probably been throwing money into, but he, I've seen some of his flips too lately and he's gotten some really great flips. So as long as you're not mad at him for flipping, which no one should be. Ah, no, love the game. Um, anybody who gets, anybody who gets upset over buying something and, you know, turning one opportunity into a better opportunity, that's, uh, whatever, get over it. It, it, most of it just comes out of I missed out. Yes, hundred and ten percent. That's most of it. It's the same thing with like, uh, what was it? Uh, Chase Bliss was did another round today of the um, Generation Loss V two. Yes, and I guarantee you, as soon as that window closes again, which I don't, I think it's still open right now as recording. Um, hopefully, when this episode airs, it's still open because they left the last one open for a couple of days. It was you could actually get on it. But there's always somebody who starts complaining, saying, oh, I couldn't get on it for whatever reason. And then they'll start blaming flippers, and then it'll be like, no, dude, you just didn't do it. 
Yeah. yeah the the trick there is if you if you really don't like it, don't play the game. And there are enough people out there that are paying the game and leaving a market for it. So, you know, I'm I'm upset that I missed out. You know, dozens of times over on the Chase Bliss Spectre, um, which by the way, if you have one, you sell for, sell for a normal price. Let me know. Um, I did know. have one and I sold it for a normal price before they went nuts. Yeah, that was. And that's the funny thing about Flanger is like nobody, you know, I love Flanger. You know, I've got probably a dozen or so, maybe more. Uh, well, they stopped and, it because no one bought it. Right. Like they sat there. They had, they clearanced out, they sold them in bad cases and they still couldn't move them. Yeah. And they're still going for uh, 800 to, they're, you know, asking 1,000 to 1,200 and a lot of them are moving for seven, 800 bucks. Well, and there was a time you could buy a cheap Gravitas. There was a time you could buy a cheap uh, Tonal Recall. Mm-hmm. That that market has changed a lot. Chase Bliss has just become a they they become one of the targets of the gougers and the flippers. I mean, just they have the same way. Like you can't find an affordable deluxe memory man that's the right kind, right? You know, because they're they're one of the flip pedals. You can't find a good deal on a KTR. You know, it, it's just one of those ones that it, it's hit that spot now where I. I don't know if they'll ever come back down to reality unless they release V2s or V3s of stuff. Yeah, I'd love to see, uh, you know, with Chase Bliss and everything, it seems like they're doing. Um, I'd love to see a, you know, a Spectre Mark II come out. I, I doubt it will, but you never know. I So, I know we're going down a rabbit hole. So, you know, a few weeks ago when they announced the, when they announced the um, generation loss, uh d2 the fact that they went stereo with it and they got the hardware done so early right like they're still doing like the process the 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 programming of it on like the final thing um i my gut tells me you don't develop a new platform for one pedal correct so chance i think the dark world's going to be in the next one just didn't they discontinue that recently no the dark world's still going but okay. I could see them coming up with a stereo Dark World, but I could also see them making the Tonal Recall into a stereo pedal too. It would be way more expensive, especially an analog delay that's stereo. Oof. But it could be cool. Could so, that fit in their box? Um, Who knows? It's a good question. I mean, they had four chips in the Red Knob version. So if they just went with like the blue knob version, but it was stereo, that would still be four chips theoretically, okay. right? So it could fit. Uh, those guys are wizards. We'll see what they come up with. <laughs> we'll see what they come up with, or they come up with just a digital stereo delay. That's less fun. Well, with that, should we dive into some news since we're already talking about overpriced pedals? And uh, the first one on the bat is the J Rocket Univi- Univerb pedal, combining a Univibe with a vintage spring reverb. Um, I mean, we talked last week, um, <laughs> and I think when I, I sent this to our group chat, again, Patreon group, we, we talk about this stuff early, and my first comment was, oh great, another $500 um, Univibe pedal. Like suddenly there's just a market. Like I, I didn't realize Univibes were that expensive or like Univibe clones. Are they that popular? <laughs> do, do you see? I mean, I, I understand vintage ones, but like, 
is there really that like i don't know who's buying this stuff but i mean it's j rocket too they don't really make expensive stuff usually so it's kind of curious what's going on with the market here where this this exists that one's kind of baffling i know um with some of the vibe uh stuff you know just from the my gilmore fanboyism um actually you know so even with all the stuff i have uh, and and bought with that in mind, I still don't have a Univibe pedal at all. It's just kind of, eh, whatever. And yeah, I got nothing other than they want five thirty for something. <laughs> you can get so much other stuff for that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the first comment we had out there was like, well, well, can I just buy a Univibe pedal and a Spring Reverb pedal separately and put them in different spots on my board, like having them next to each other again, this dual dual effect together. It's kind of an interesting, eh, do I really want that? Um, now, I, I think it's actually 460. I think because we found in this article they had a bunch of, like, whatever reason the, the press releases were bad on it. But uh, it's a two-knob spring reverb, so you have a depth and, like, a, a spring, and then you have the classic Univibe um, controls. You got three foot switches for, uh, I think it's bypass reverb and you can transition between the chorus or the, the vibrato and the uh the other mode uh again yeah, can, if it's let's just say jhs you could get their spring reverb and their univibe for about half the price together so yeah they're uh they're 449 on sweetwater right now yeah it's still an expensive proposition yeah, um, that's just. I don't know. I mean, for, for, for the right person, you know, trying to nail some kind of, you know, some kind of vintage tone that apparently only that can do, I guess. I mean, you got the Hendrix thing. I mean, what? So the one really nice thing about this pedal, I'll, I'll say right off the bat, is uh, so it runs on nine volts instead of twenty-four, but it will it does have a charge pump to bump it back up to twenty-four. So you don't need a crazy power supply to run it, which is. A problem with some of those models because you want that high voltage high voltage being 24 volts it's not that high but for pedals that's quite high and not usually like i have i have a 12 volt tap i have an 18 volt tap i don't think i have a 24 volt tap on any of my power supplies so i would have to check my chocolate um i'm not sure i have a 24 on that even there are those voltage doubler uh cables that you might be able to throw in yeah, I I know I have those cables, but then you're you know consuming two spots. Yeah. So, so I'm looking. But it, again, is that the only thing that justifies the price? I think there's a lot of like vintage mojo kind of stuff. I mean, they captured the look. They captured the look really well, but yeah, um, I'm just not in the market for this, and I don't know who is, other than like massive Jimi Hendrix fans. Yeah, I'll have to watch some of the videos. Like I'm I have spent a lot of money on some really dumb stuff because of the mojo behind it. I just that's something I can't it's not me. Yeah. Now I eat my words, I'll probably have one ordered by the morning after I listen to a demo, but <laughs> I mean it's it sounds fantastic. It does the Unified thing really, really well. But and maybe it's one of those things too of like once you get bit by the Univibe drug, it's like one of those, like, it, it becomes about the touch of it, less slow than the, or way, way more so than the tone of it necessarily. So, like, when people get bit by the compressor bug, 
and they start getting those like crazy Cali 76, like the $600 big box ones or, Mm -hmm. you know, like you, you just go down a rabbit hole. Um, whereas other people are like, this is my compressor. It's on. I'm done. Well, so I'm not a huge compressor fan, but I've messed around with the Cali 76 and I, I have the, the latest Keeley one that everybody has. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's enough for me. I've got one built into my VHX that does everything I need it to for a built-in. Um, the Keeley is really nice for for the other amps if I need it. Uh, but I can appreciate the Cali seventy six. Um, yeah, I don't know. May, maybe this has it now. How's your uh, you know it, kind of framing it around? Um, you know what else you can get for the money? How is the you know the vibe stuff in the quad cortex? I wouldn't know. Okay. <laughs> Cause you know, let, let's, let's frame it as to what else could you get? You know, the quad cortex is just under two grand based on the exchange rate right now. This is a quarter of a quad cortex. Yeah. Oh, I mean the, the value prop on a modeler at this point, like if you, if you are starting from scratch and doing a whole rig, the mo- go with a modeler, like the, the, the price proposition on it's fantastic, but with pedals, you can kind of like incrementally get there. And generally, I don't think anyone's going out and like saying, this is my first vibe pedal. You know what I mean? Like they probably have a JHS unicorn. They probably already have, uh, you know, something like, I don't know what other ones are out there, but like, you know, they've, they've been through all of them and this is them graduating to that top tier. The same way, like I didn't go out and buy a Calvin 7 6 as my first uh, compressor. I had a Keeley before that. You know, because the Keeley was affordable. And so you kind of limp in at one level, you sell it, and then you get by to the next level. You know, like that classic thing. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're about to drop two, two grand and you want a whole rig, go get Quad Cortex. They're great. Um, but at the same time, my Quad Cortex is great for me because all the things that are in there are captures of things I already own. So it just condensed my existing rig into a lot more usable thing. So I don't know what other people sound like. I know mine sounds good. I'm happy with it. But, uh, so another piece of news, uh, John five has confirmed that his signature is finally coming. He's nicknamed it the ghost and says it's actually been in the works since 2019 and has experienced a lot of delays. Have you seen this thing yet? Uh, briefly, um, you know, I, I don't listen to John five a ton, but everything he does is just awesome. I know his bass player. I went to high school with his bass player, believe it or not. And he wasn't the good bass player. (laughs) My other, my buddy, Brian was the good bass player. So it's cool to see him just take off and have a great career and actually like, you know, the, the speed you have to play at to hang out, hang with John five and his music is ridiculous. Um, yeah. So it, it's natural. They talk about this, but it draws comparisons immediately to the Supreme all white strat because this thing is an all white has a white fretboard. Um, and then it has black pickguard and then red humbuckers. Well, the red bindings, what got me going right away on it. Yeah. You don't you don't see a lot of guitars with red binding either, do you? No, and I'm not sure. Uh, the Tele thin lines are bound, right? Is that the only Tele that's bound? Oh, uh, I think the Troublemaker was. 
But that's not like a normal telly. That's a special run. I don't even think the thin lines are bound, are they? I thought they were. We both Google. Yeah, you can hear us typing on both our computers. Uh, no, it's not bound. Okay. The deluxe might be, though. Now, now I'll Google the other thing. Um, yeah, it's this is a stage guitar through and through. You know what I mean? Like, just... So he's got his DiMarzio, signature DiMarzios in there. Uh, it's uh, just one knob for a master volume, and then has a kill switch. Uh, I believe a kill switch button on it, right? Yeah. So you can do the arcade-style button thing. It's just built right in. Um, they have not announced a price or a release date on it yet, though, but I would keep your eyes out. If this is something you're after, I mean, John 5 was kind of the beginning of Telecasters becoming metal and then uh had... jim root too was john but john five was before jim root wasn't he it's a good question um i don't know when jim root got his uh ellie um i don't know when uh john five was you know really blew up i don't know what his uh tenure with marilyn manson was uh yeah <laughs> Well, I was going to say, Marilyn Manson, I don't think is doing any more rounds, but or at least for a while, but yeah. So he was 98 to 2004 Wow. with Manson. 98? So here's her for all of like his heyday. Yep. Now, I don't know uh, if he was in with Twiggy at the same time or not. Yeah. Did, uh... Because Marilyn Manson was in with the Nine Inch Nails crowd for a while, too. So there was a lot of people who, like, hopped between those bands. Or, like, the hired guns of, like, that round. But, yeah. Oh. Anyway. Um, yeah, if you want red binding on a white neck. And you don't want to buy a... Well, Dave Navarro's didn't have red binding. But that's the other, like, white guitar I think of when I think of white guitars. I don't think uh, Navarro's, um, you're thinking about the PRS. I don't think yes. it had a white neck. It was a painted back neck. It, it was probably a rosewood board. Oh, painted back. Yeah. Um, wasn't the, I'm looking at the, trying to look at the video. Wasn't this fretboard painted on the ghost also? I believe it was. Sorry, I already closed the tab because we're about to talk about the next thing. Guild is coming out with a budget friend, another budget-friendly guitar, which seems to be the name of the game with Guild these days. But um, the Starfire 112 string, there's a lot of high dashes in here. Um, it's coming in. So you got the semi-hollow vibe, two humbucker design, 12-string. Does Gibson currently make a 12-string electric? Like a, a 335 kind of style with a 12? I'm not sure what the what your options are there or even what the lowest cost is. Um, this is coming in at 649. Um, so pretty pretty affordable. Um, I mean that's that's Epiphone prices. But yeah, El Nico 2 magnet humbuckers so you'll get that paf kind of sound 
Um, so your uh, your option right now, I uh, believe, is an Ibanez Art Core and a couple of Dane Electros. The Art Core is uh, 335-ish. Wow. Then you got the new Guild Starfire pulling up on... Yeah, does Eastman make something in this range? Uh, there's some Gretch. Just Reverend has one, although... Reverend's one of those brands where I don't think I don't think they've just they haven't kind of broken out enough to where people enough people will take the chance on them. Everyone I know that plays one says they're great, and I'm still just like there's something that holds me back from like. Well, part of it is I I became aware of them like after I already kind of had all my Fender stuff sorted out, so it's just like. Yeah, well, I already got the guitars that do that sort of thing. But yeah, like you got like Billy Corgan rocking Reverend, Reverend now. They're coming up. They got some... I don't have a baritone yet. And yeah, as we turn a Guild News article into a <laughs> Reverend ad. Um, but they've got they've got a couple really nice uh, you know, baritones that are reasonably priced and, and very well made. But you know, doing the scroll... Um, there's not a whole lot of other stuff that you know the got the Ibanez uh, that just really competes with. Yeah, and then I mean at the high end you get a Rickenbacker still has a twelve string option, but yeah, who an affordable twelve string semi hollow? There's not a lot on the market at all, so it's a unique spot. Yeah, I guess I guess the the electromatic like the five thousand series would probably be your competition from Gretsch. Can't think of anything oh. else, and nothing's coming to mind as I scroll through my Google search on this. So, um, yeah, all the all the twelve 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 string listeners out there are swearing at us. I I don't think. 12 string players really hang out in our forum. They don't listen to podcasts. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they can't stop practicing with their Beatles cover band. So there we go. <laughs> uh, sorry, tribute band. It's a tribute band. It's not a cover band. Because uh, then you have to be authentic. Hagstrom actually makes something that's around the $1,000 point. That kind of sits in a similar spot. I think overall for that, uh, for where this sits, what the options are, um, yeah, I mean, you're going to get a good value with the Ibanez too. Um, oh, yeah. The overall vibe for me, I, I think the Guild has has a little more of the intangibles for for this kind of guitar. It's got a little. So Guild has doing a nice job of getting a little bit of that Art Deco vibe in there without going too hard into it. So like, whereas like uh, Duesenberg goes a little too hard into the Art Deco thing. Some people love it. Some people don't. You know, it kind of turns them off. Uh, D'Angelico goes a little too hard into the, the Art Deco kind of style. So, like, is this a little softer? It's got a it's got a subtler vibe. And, I mean, really, the only thing I think a lot of people would object to is maybe that pick card. So it's got a little sawtooth to the, the pick card, and someone might want something a little more just normal. Yeah. Yeah, it is, but it doesn't jump out you jump out at you, and it's it still kind of fits. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on the D'Angelico. Uh, 
know, they did a Bob Weir. I, they it still might be a model. They did a Bob Weir signature a couple years ago that really caught my eye, but it was just it was just a little too much. You know, I think we're going to be teased if we don't mention Gibson probably doesn't do a 12 string on this type of thing because the headstock probably can't handle it. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, You know, know, (sighs) (laughs) they're probably post on this already somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Should go post this in 60 Cycle Hum and see... uh, just ask, does Gibson make anything like this? I I mean, you you can't not ask that question when you see it, right? Like, I mean, it's, yeah. the inspiration's quite clear yeah, of its era. I mean, but yeah, <sighs> you can't you don't get you don't get away with a cherry red semi hollow guitar without people immediately comparing it to a three thirty five. Does PRS make a twelve string? They have. I don't know if they do any kind of production. Hmm. There's one on reverb right now. They did a hollow body 12 string in 2020. There's a Coraline. How ridiculous does a headstock look when you put a 12 string? <laughs> yep, it's honestly it not that bad. It starts looking like an ovation. <laughs> it looks more like a... Uh, yeah, Kiesel, I think. Yeah. All right, tangenting enough. Um, in the bass-related world, or is this a guitar, actually? Uh, Ashdown has revealed its versatile Little Bastard 2N bass amp. Yeah, it is bass amp. 30-watt um, all-tube head. Uh, what really makes this unique is their Ashdown is now bringing in the two notes built-in capabilities which um you've had that with your uh your diesel has a similar thing where you have a a load in an ir loader yeah i've got a i've got my i've got my i got a couple mesas that have them too but the uh the the diesel vhx is uh just lots better (laughs) i mean it makes practice probably pretty easy on you too right like you can just kind of plug in play you don't have to you don't have to blast out your entire house if you want to crunch it a little bit. Yeah, and I, I can actually um, I can use my monitors, and it works pretty well uh, at, at the lower volume. I don't have a sub, so I don't get the thump. I'm not moving the air, but it's... In, in fairness, your guitar's not really making 100 hertz sounds. Compared to a 2x12. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely definitely pretty good. Um, thing I like about this though is a lot of the a lot of the smaller lower wattage uh, bass amps aren't tube. Yeah, and, this is actually a tube power section, isn't it? Uh, yeah, preamp e- and power. Preamp and power. Yeah, e- four by EL eighty fours. Um, I'm curious because like bass amps tend to be very high wattage. Like thirty watts for a bass amp is a small amp, whereas like guitar amp, guitarists are like, oh yeah, I can an AC thirty is the loudest thing I've ever played. Um, so I'm curious how this handles. Like, does it just break up too early, like a, like a five watt amp does for guitar players? But um, yeah, it's an interesting 
thing I, I i just haven't seen this yet in the base world this is the first time of this like configuration i've seen it um because a lot of bass players will like just carry like a sans amp for the longest time now they're running like microtubes and things like that like they'll they'll bring a pedal preamp eq section and they'll just drive a desk with that this lets the tube amp uh bass player plug in and record really easily yeah i'd be i'd be curious to see what their videos and, and demos are and what they're what they're trying to highlight with it i can see it being you know at home practice you know get the sound you want and you know really get things glowing mm-hmm. and then when you know maybe i don't know if that's loud enough i haven't played anything bass in that kind of form factor i don't know what it would be at a stage volume you know, is that well, loud enough to give you something on the stage and then, you know, run also something to the front of the house? See, that's what I think you do with that. You've got your, you got your amp on stage, you drive, you know, um, however you're going to, whatever you're going to drive on stage. And then you still are bringing a front of house feed off that, that IR loader, even live. Yeah. And if, and if that's the case, uh, you know, is this, you know, this is pretty, you know, Ashdown's pretty awesome in the base world. Uh, did, does this break the ice? And is this going to be more of what we're going to see to come? Yeah, I can see. I can see a lot of bass players probably if they're used to like a hundred or two hundred watts that sitting there saying this isn't enough power. Um, but they're also probably used to running basically a bass amp on stage and that fills the whole house. Yeah. Um, but as long as you're at a place that's got a decent PA, which is basically anything over a bar gig, um, you know, the the PA is sized and there's enough base in there that you don't need it in the house and frankly, i mean i be better in the house if you just ran off the pa like even in like high school gigs i was you know still running a line out of my base into the pa yeah, it wasn't nearly as good but i mean that's i i, I couldn't imagine not being able to get into a pa with the base i mean that that's been the draw of the sans amp for a long time too right was yeah yeah I can still run my Ampeg on stage. I mean that when I think of bass, I think SVT Ampeg, right? Like I mean that's just what I think of. Um, but all those guys, they had, they still had a like a, a bass driver DI sitting on their board, and they're still running a house feed as well. Hey, can you imagine a fifty watt SVT with uh, two notes built in? Oh, that'd be great. I don't think anybody else would sell a bass amp. <laughs> yeah i mean um especially if they could get it light enough <laughs> it was like like if they could come up with an svt because like if you got rid of all the power amp requirements that can lighten up everything a lot because the transformers can get smaller the everything can get smaller um a two notes doesn't really make take up that much room the captor x is so small um i mean you've seen this tech i mean this is the rev formula you know like that that's what rev kind of built their amps on was oh these are great amp heads that you well, you're all, we're going to throw two notes in it too you know so um it's cool to see it in the bass world let's let's see ampeg do it but i don't think they will because ampeg's owned by yamaha now right so they would probably go and does helix the helix doesn't have something in that world yet but like that at the end of the day that's really what's driving yamaha's amplifier world right now is the whole line six ecosystem more than anything yeah and depending on how i've, I've not everybody's kind of quieted down on the tubes on, on the tube issue because oh, uh, it never happened 
Yeah. I mean, well, it's like the toilet paper crisis. It's not like we ever stopped generating toilet paper. What happened is everyone bought all of them. And so suddenly there was a shortage, but then there's, you know, suddenly everyone has more toilet paper than they know what to do with. Nobody's bought toilet paper for three years. I, I have, but <laughs> that's because I didn't go out and run out and buy some right off the bat. And then I don't like buying more than like six rolls at a time because I live in an apartment and I don't have a place to store 4,000 rolls of toilet paper. Watch me go to Costco tomorrow and buy toilet paper. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, stuff the backseat. Well, we we do uh, we do Sam's Club, and uh, that's what the listeners want to know. Um, takes up the entire backseat of my GTI when you buy when you buy bulk when you get toilet paper and paper towels. <laughs> oh yeah, paper towels too. Like I, yeah, I only buy them in like twos or threes, or like the three packs for paper towels because I don't have anywhere to store it. I'm already swimming in like my 13 guitars and all their cases and all that bullshit. So <laughs> I don't have room for paper towels and, you know, well, well, adult well, the things. cases and boxes. <laughs> yeah. Because you probably kept at least one box. I have like three boxes. I, w- I was up in my loft area um, trying to start to clean it and I I got halfway in and then stopped. <laughs> Just like, I can't do all this today. So, um, no, I... I'm sorry. I, I I definitely look forward to see what other companies do with this. Um, yeah, the ice has been broken. We saw what uh, was it Mesa that started off with the lunchbox amp? No, it was uh, Orange. Orange followed, but they weren't as big then. You know, it was kind of a novel idea, and you know, it looked kind of chintzy. I think it was Mesa that made them legit, and then everybody kind of jumped jumped on and followed suit. I don't I don't know Mesa's uh, lunchboxes that well. Like when I think of lunchboxes, I think of like the Tiny Terror. But I guess a small form factor. Yeah, um, and then I yeah, started thinking I, of Victory amps is where I think of lunchboxes a lot. But Victory wasn't around that long, so I'm going back yeah. to like whenever the Tiny Terror first came out, and mm-hmm. then Mesa had the Mini Rectifier. Oh yeah, they did do the Mini Rec. Yeah, I forgot about that one. But and then they had a uh, Transatlantic um, TA15, I think. And then eventually they had the the mini mark the the twenty five. But they do they do the cab clone in that they don't do like a proper IR loader, do they? So they did the cab clone in the mini mark, and then I'm trying to think what cab the TC the Triple Crown series uh, came out and they improved it a little bit, and then they eventually had the cab clone IR. Which I think my JPTC has. Or I don't know if you can. I, I still remember. Or not. I still remember when Andertons did their cab clone ep- episode, and it didn't sound very good. And they had to have made the Mesa come back out and like do an apology episode. <laughs> and, then, and that's how Danish Pete wound up at Andertons for the most part. Uh, so. Anyway, that was one of those many fun early demo episodes, I remember. Um, why don't we keep talking? Uh, this week in Harley Benton, um, the they have added two new colorways for the DC-60 Junior model. Um, coming in now with a Polaris White and a poly, Heather Poly Mist. Um, that Heather Poly Mist looks fantastic. 
Yes. It's like a rosé metallic, for lack of a better term. I, th- I think one brand has a, like, a lock on rosé being its name. Um, what is what is the um, Guitar Nerds? Uh, shell, is it Shell Pink? I mean, Shell Pink was like the Fender color. Yeah, there's but that's a flat um, color too. It's not a it's not a metallic. What was their other their other color of that they're all over? Because this looks like that. Uh, right. I'm unaware. <sighs> I remember them being nuts about Shell Pink back when they were like Baja Telly, Baja Telly. Yeah. But I don't know. I can't think of the other color. I mean, Brits are nuts about like a forest green. Oh, British racing green. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, if you're if you're looking for a hardware button in, in a champagne finish, so this is the single P90 dog ear in the bridge. Uh, it's an SG shape, um, volume tone, uh, coming at 199 euros. And is the euro still pretty close to parity right now? I checked the other day, and it was. I think it was. Uh... I think it yeah. in a group. Was that Saturday? Uh, so the U.S. dollar has sunk below the euro, but they're still hovering close. So the, this is two hundred and three dollars at the time of recording here. Which once once you you still got to add shipping, but you don't have to add VAT usually on something that's cheap. Um, so yeah, I can see this being a really popular guitar, and also frankly, a decent mod platform if you just want to throw a different P ninety in there. Well, that's the very first thing that popped in my mind. Uh, you know, anybody making pick guards for these? Uh, I mean, you've you've got you can always get a pick guard these days for a fee. Yeah, I don't know if they're routed or not for another pick pickup though. If were you thinking of throwing one in the neck? No, no, just something different. Uh, toss a toss your favorite P ninety in there, you know. Get that that pinkish color with a uh, gray gray pearloid pick guard would look awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of them like pick guardian and a few of them just you know, you just send the original pick guard and they'll 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 cut something to match. So would that be would it be that crazy? I just don't think you're gonna find one on Amazon. Nah. So. Uh, with that, I think the, the last two things are kind of related. So I'm going to jump to the last one first. Uh, so last week, uh, the boss Katana two got an upgrade to the V2 software and following up this week, boss has released the boss tone exchange, a user patch exchange portal. Uh, so if you dial in your boss Katana and sounding exactly how you want to sound it, you can save it and send it to somebody else. This also includes the GT 1000 the Waza Airs and the Waza Air Base. I mean, this is making the cheap accessible amps even more accessible to beginner players who don't know how to dial in an amp and dial in all the effects. And so if you're like, hey, I want to sound like this, and now you can go into the portal and find it while you learn your favorite song. I, This is awesome. Just flat out awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so I know like in the um uh the one Adam Jones group I'm in, there are a couple guys that have katanas that their their recorded tones are 
I mean, you, you can tell when they're going against, you know, when people are comparing back and forth with somebody running three different amps blended, but their recorded tones are way more than passable with a katana. So I'm starting to see uh, some of the bar gigs I've been to recently. That's becoming the house amp. It's a okay. katana 50 now. Actually, uh, one of the places I was at over in Switzerland, they had uh, a couple of them set up. Yeah. And when we were going down uh, Broadway in Nashville last summer, I saw a bunch of guys with katanas there too. It's it's light, it's cheap, it's controllable, right? Like you can get a decent tone out of it and then turn the master volume down, so it's pretty reasonable. Um, and you don't have to worry about tubes. Yeah, uh, and, and and tying in with hot topics, I know uh, last year, well, Nita Strauss did a demo with her. She toured with a GT one thousand on her solo. I don't know what she did with Alice Cooper, but her solo was uh, GT one thousand and. She actually did a clinic at the my local music shop and just showed up, plugged her GT1000 in, and that was it. And you had all the all the old boomers that showed up that the ones that are probably swearing at her right now were all dumbfounded, like, your tone comes from that little box. <laughs> yeah. If you're intimidated by that, you're compensating for something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I've I've gone full modeler. I love the life. I do want I do want more amp heads. I want to play with stuff, but like, as far as like showing up, playing, and leaving, I love the fact of how I don't kill my back anymore lugging stuff. I don't I don't do that. Um, you know, we keep a couple of friends and I keep threatening to do something, but the uh, the, the appeal of it being able to go and you know hear somebody. You know, here's somebody's demo or, you know, here's something that somebody plays and like, oh, okay, cool. I can just download that click, click. And I got that sound. Yeah. Especially, I mean, again, this is, this is where like the pod go, the Katana, a lot of those. And frankly, I think the Katana more than the pod go because the Katana one is half the price and two has a speaker in it already. So I mean, and by modern inflation prices, like I bought a what twelve watt crate amp, or like a fifteen watt crate amp as my like first amp when I bought my guitar, and by like the way guitar prices have gone, um, the hundred bucks I spent on that crate amp versus the two hundred fifty that a, a katana is at, right? That's your first amp. That's that's where budgets are at right now, because like Squire Strats aren't a hundred dollars anymore, you know. Um, but so you have that this is a newbie user chances are it's it's a 12 year old kid doesn't know how to dial in tubes doesn't get that stuff but they can sit they, they usually can figure out the plug in the usb to the computer part of it pretty easily so go download you know somebody made a preset for when i come around because that you're learning power chords for the first time you know or smells like teen spirit or whatever song people are learning guitar on now with i don't know paper cuts by uh, machine gun kelly i don't know what they're learning on but um dial in the right tone so you're not discouraged like oh my guitar sounds like crap no it sounds exactly what like the album i'm good to go well that's something for me um you know first started playing it, it was really hard you know like youtube wasn't around but you know all, all the people i looked up to you know there's nobody who's like well you know just use a you know fender stage 60 or you know, nobody used a Marshall MG10 or anything like that. 
and, and you couldn't get you know, those, those sounds may not have just just may not have been there. You know, the, the sounds are in these amps and, you know, they're clicks away. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, that kid out there, you know, wanting to learn Adam Jones or, you know, insert your favorite band here, wanting to learn that, you know, learn something and, and get a product, you know, get reasonably close. They can do that. You know, they can, you know, they, they may not, if people aren't necessarily honest with themselves, uh, they, they still know, you know, kind of what's holding them back and, this is one major piece, you know, like, you know, my playing style is, you know, stupid pop punk, you know, chuggy riffs and stuff like that. And I can get my sound. Uh, and I know what that, you know, the ability to be able to do that, what that does. Um, if I had that back then and you know, just access like they have now, it, I'm jealous. It'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, here's yeah, the other fun part. Um, yes someone who is in their 18 tube amps and like doing all that, like subtle, like you're get you're getting into splitting hairs and nuance at that point, And you've actually kind of trained your ear to hear some stuff or recognize some things. If you're beginning at guitar, that, that five to 10% left of difference, not going to notice it. You it's, don't know what's it's, there. It's going to be good if, enough. And if you've never, you know, that first time buyer is not going to go in and, you know, play through a two rock and know how a two rock feels. Yeah. They're not going to be sitting there going, well, you know, I, I really prefer this rectifier tube over this rectifier tube. Like they will after about three months of guitar groups and the snobbery that happens and those kind of things. But because <laughs> it's all learned, you don't actually know what you're doing. Uh, but like, yeah, I, again, I think this is great. Um, I hope it stays fairly free and people share on it because like that's the other thing with a lot of these kind of groups and exchanges is um you know like the Kemper for example has a huge aftermarket of people making amazing profiles for it but they're selling them because they yeah. want to monetize all that work hopefully hopefully one the Katana doesn't take that much to dial in so it's less of a like it's less of an effort to create those profiles and share them. Um, and two, I just hope, I hope there's a good community of good profiles right off the bat that people share. So, um, with that, the last thing on the list, uh, IK multimedia has teased a new software coming out plugin style that can do guitar bass amp captures being the first group to do a desktop based um amp capture modeling style profiling style thing using your existing audio interface hardware computer everything i this is what a lot of people have been begging and asking and pleading for for a long time so if if this is a reasonable price and they get it to market and it works, I think this could be a real game changer. Yeah, watch it, watch it go subscription. Oh yeah. I just got really sad thinking about that. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm just looking for the it, it's too good to be true. So I'm looking at their yeah you know, that that image with the uh, OCD going into the to the dual wreck. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that's with all that stuff. That's from IK Multimedia. I mean, that's your icons, yeah. So it's so it's not like they're uh, 
you know, it's not like somebody pieced that together saying what you could do. It's uh Do you think it's gonna uh, be built into Amplitude and it just is part of that? No clue. It was it was interesting when we were talking about this one in the chat too of um I pose that IK Multimedia came out with three pedals last year where they did their delay reverb and drives or I think it was delay reverb and drives. There might have been a modulation in there, but they went they went for their Strymon competitor, right? Um and they were really low power, like like they didn't ha- they didn't require like 400 milliamp kind of connections. They were pretty reasonable power demand and they sounded pretty good. Um, but a lot of people were like, oh, is that Amplitube? Oh, I don't really want that as a pedal. I don't want to spend 300 bucks on that as a pedal. And then I'm just kind of curious, is, could this go down to that line? Do people finally get their amp, amp capturer um, in a pedal and that's all it is? It do, you don't have to pay for you know, the full Helix or full Kemper Stomp or what, it, what is it called? Kemper Stage? You don't have to spend two grand. Like you could actually get something in the three to five hundred dollar range, does all your amp stuff, but it does captures. It's not an iridium or anything like that. Um, or if it's Amplitube, could this wind up on your phone? Yeah. What, what kind of computing power does it take to run a capture? Um, not that much, to be honest with you. It's pretty close to what it takes to run an IR. Okay. I mean, I guess it's kind of, sort of. It's basically an, IR. It, an IR anyway. It, it's an IR with a little bit more information. So running it in the form factor they already have live, it's. I mean, there, there is. I don't. I think there is a secret race of who is the first person to come out with the $500 amp capture pedal. Uh-huh. Let's call five, $600. I think that's the price point. It's it, and it's, it goes after all the people who are using the HX stomp just as an amp modeler, right? Or an already it upscales an iridium or a ACS one or the, whatever the UA pedals. I don't think that line has a name, but, um, it takes those people and puts them into an app capture device. Um, that will be one of those next kind of groundbreaking moments in guitar tech, in my opinion. Ooh, you get something like that and a little, uh, little mini, wow, you don't even need a mini power amp, but you get something like that and a pedal-based power amp and you run a speaker on stage for yourself and you run a line out to the board and you're set. Yeah, and or a lot of people a, don't even do the on-stage anything anymore right like i don't do that i just i just xlr in i run off my in-ears we don't even use a floor monitor for vocals that's the modern setup as people trust in-ears more and more and more and more yeah something like this for uh i'm just mad like if you can get you know 30 presets I guess mean, you don't need 30 but you know you get you know, thir- you know get a get a bar gigs worth of cover song presets in a small form factor pedal like that. Yep. If you could you run something like that, that's, I think that's a ticket. Yeah. I think I, I really think that's the next step. And so my, my question has been, is it helix V2? Is that when capture tech finds the helix 
or does somebody else come to market with something that's about an HX stomp size that does amp the the app capturing thing? Because I think the minute Kemper does it, the bit the stage unit and their toasters stop selling because they're overselling their product to have you know their um, their blocks before and after it. Um, and I think a lot of people looked at the quad cortex as like, oh, this box is finally small enough to fit on my pedal board. I can make this work. Um, they're not treating it as an all-in-one. Um, but I really think it's, that's the question for me is when, when does the HX series get that? And when does it trickle down to the HX stomp size? I think that's really that game changer thing that's really going to kind of disrupt the market again. But I can also see guitar brands just saying, look, we disrupted it five years ago. Let's ride this out for five to 10 years while we can. I, I think the, the capability's been there. They just haven't released it. And don't forget, I, we got two and a half years of uh, you know, part shortages. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and especially microprocessor shortages. Like it's not although, like. Yeah. Go ahead. Although Noral has been able to adjust. Well, they redesigned their whole box. Yeah. Uh, my buddy's getting his tomorrow, so we'll we'll see what we'll see how different the new one is from my original one. There been any reports on that thing? As just as the effect, effects loop basically becomes uh, quad cortex advertising. Um, has there been any uh, any any talks? Are there uh, guys out there that are all about the uh, the first one sounding better or the second one sounding better? Uh, I will probably start that in about a month or two <laughs> just to be obnoxious, but no, right now, I mean, the groups are mostly people who are overwhelmed by it. Okay. Like, I, I mean, I, I open up those groups and everyone's like, what FRFR do I buy? That's like half the posts on the group. And then the other half of the group is like, why doesn't it do this? Or can I do this? And so like the biggest complaint a lot of people have is, so there's eight buttons, right? And there's different modes. You can have stomp mode where like a button turns on a pedal and or turns on a block on and off. And then there are scenes where, you know, it's like a, it's sort of a, a seamless preset, but it's like all the mm -hmm. blocks stay the same. Just you can, you jump from one scene and four blocks will turn on and off. You know, like you can set them up that way. People want it to be hybrid where it's like half. I want four scenes with four stomps and they're all mad that you can't get that. that that's such a common thing that everyone's talking about. <laughs> Which I don't, I don't, it's, it doesn't really seem like a big deal to me. Like eight presets in a song. If you have more than eight tones, do you have, what song has more than eight guitar tones in it? Uh, so what's funny about that, like the, as I start thinking about the longer and longer the songs get, the less and less different tones they have. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you run into like yeah you know, old jam bands where like most of them don't even use pedals. You might have uh, you know Jerry's got his uh, Mutron or whatever. Um, you know maybe some delay and, and some other stuff like that. But yeah, no, that that's like I'm I am all for you know I want all the channels in in an amp. That's that was the the appeal of the VHX to me. You know I'd have a ninety nine channel tube amp. And, and and all that but like i think i've got 16 presets saved <laughs> yeah i mean it's 
it's amazing how often uh when you interact with someone who's not doing it yet but they're like they're considering it and so they're they'll start brainstorming at you and like people will create excuses for why they can't do what they want to do with stuff and i'm just like these limitations are really not limitations anymore just go but and also if i'm if you're doing a a song that requires eight different tones you can hop to the next bank just stop playing for half a second while the the bank switches over like you can make that work yeah it's so i i mean i I imagine the switching on that is um, so i'm using the morningstar mc8 uh i imagine it's it's similar enough in function right it's dumber than the mc8 okay the mc8 is too much <laughs> it's, it, it, you get option paralysis with that thing if you really dive into it right like you have short press you have long press you have double taps you have double long presses you have pressing two buttons at the same time options you have double tapping two buttons at the same time you know you can get so crazy and then you have like the on press or on release you know like so many things on that thing it's it's ridiculous what it can do i haven't gotten that far i got uh for all my all my all my presets i've got a uh you're just sending a pc change right i'm just calling it yeah uh, there's a pc change and then there's a control change i think it is yeah actually um, pc change is like saying atm machine <laughs> right it's, I, it, it pc stands for program change so yeah yeah I, I i don't know it i, I don't know it well enough to to know i just know that I play with things and it does this, but I've got mm-hmm. I've got short press and long press, and my long press will turn off all the effects on it for that particular channel. Oh, nice. So, yeah, on mine I have um, a lot of the double presses. So like, so I have the MC6, right? So I only have six. You have you have a lot more options with the MC8. Um, but when you hit the two vertical in a row ones, those will go to different pages. Yeah, that's that's how mine set up. Yeah, and so I have I have different pages set up for each pedal, and then I have like a, a master and all sorts of different things. And I don't even know all of it anymore because it's been sitting in a closet for like six months. So I'm sure I'll pull it out one day and try to figure it out. Because I was doing like tap tempo stuff with it, and then I was also doing like preset tempos. So like if I hit a button, it would relaunch the tempos and send midi clock to everything so all my delays would sync up to the new tempo i was doing crazy stuff like that which i don't have to do anymore it's, it's a lot simpler when <laughs> it's all in one box together nice but i digress well hey tom i think we're hitting about time here so um thank you for joining us uh do you have anything you want to plug while you're on the show anything you're working Not on that not that I can think of. <laughs> nothing, I mean, nothing relevant. Okay. I was going to say, you you have your holster brand, if you're into that kind of stuff. I know some people aren't, so... But, yeah. Dead silence from you. Okay. So, no, um, yeah, if anybody's into that kind of stuff, uh, Dark Star Gear, check it out. That's my business. Yeah, you make cool stuff. I mean, you, you make good stuff for that product line, Ram. It, when it, uh, we'll see if you ever convert into guitar stuff from that. I've got a few things. Um, when when you find when you come up with your three uh, D printed wireless guitar pouch thing that sits on your strap and doesn't just slide all around like the one I'm using uh, right now. No, I've got the. Uh, I'm resolving my hatred of Velcro. Ooh, 
or I'm, I'm sorry, not my hatred of Velcro, my hatred of sticking Velcro on pedals. Interesting. So I've got a few things I'm sitting on. Um, somebody uh, didn't measure twice before they cut. I got a bunch of I got a bunch of stuff laser cut, and I didn't do the. Uh, I went off of one of the Hammond the standard Hammond sizes, mm-hmm. and I went off the drawings. And mm. I didn't do I didn't do a one to one print to double check, and they're off ever so slightly, so they're all useless. So I've got oh. like sixty of a thing that don't quite work. So so one of these days I'll revisit it, um, get everything measured right, and you know send some out to the to the podcast world and see what folks think. Oh, I'll I'll look forward to that. I mean, you don't use pedals anymore. Yeah, I still use Velcro. I have a very expensive thing hanging by Velcro from a cheap board, so I'm a little worried about it some days. <laughs> but, all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Um, if you like this episode, if you want to find out more about us, if it's your first time here, uh, you can check us out at theeffectsloop.com. There you'll find links to everything, like our Facebook group, our Instagram, our available merch. That's all drop shipped to you. Uh, you'll find links to our YouTube channel. There is some back content and some video content there. You can find a link to email us, or you can find a link to join our Patreon, where our Patreon, we're a fully Patreon-supported show at this point and have been for a while, and they've our patrons have been wonderful and keep the, sh- the lights on, keep the show hosting fees and all, all things like that running so that we can keep the show going. Um, and occasionally we'll do an episode of wings and wings and annoy everybody. So with that, uh, Tom, thanks for joining us and, uh, have a good week, everybody. Bye. Say bye. Tom. Bye. I was, I was waiting for you to say we're done recording. That's how every other, at least that's how every other podcast I've been on generally does it.
dictionary Why is negativity always drawing out picture Every visualized love Energized lives together, together We undefeated A plan to make weather's no gloves needed When we weed into the mindset of achieving And believing in a community that remains happy Never after, the world should be one Hate annihilated, every heart is one Love again, so Don't bother me